Hi, this is Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher and life coach. I'm also author of several self-help books. Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast is about strategies to think positively every day. We will cover relationships, positive energy, the power of attraction, and how to mindfully experience each day so that you can become your best self. I have Devin Burke with me, and he is a TED speaker, the best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage, the founder of Sleep Science Academy, and one of the top health and sleep coaches in the world. His books, keynotes, programs, and videos have inspired thousands of people to improve their sleep, energy, and life. Devin Burke helps high achievers and exhausted insomniacs get and stay asleep so they can wake up with more peace, power, and presence. So thanks for joining us, Devin. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on the show, Mary Kay. (laughs) Thanks. So tell us a little bit about your background. How does someone get so interested in sleep? Yeah, well, it's it's like a lot of people, I didn't realize how important it was. And I actually was on track to become a doctor of physical therapy. Originally, that's what I went to school for. And two and a half month backpack trip through Europe, had some time to really reflect and think about my life. What was I interested in? How do I want to serve the world? And essentially, I got into health coaching, which then led into high performance coaching for entrepreneurs and, and people that run companies that also run families. People have a lot of responsibility. And I studied a lot of different things, but I never studied sleep. And one of my clients actually was struggling with his sleep. And he said, hey, do you know anything about this? And I didn't. And so I started to look into the science about it and and what was available to help this particular person and realize, oh my gosh, this is a massive impact on not only one's health, but one's life. And so that just intrigued me. I started to see that there wasn't a lot of good solutions out there for people that have insomnia or sleep challenges. Mm-hmm. And so the more I learned, the more interested I got, Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. And I, I really just continued to study and learn. And, and then I was able to help this particular client. And I said, well, if I can help one person, I can help thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And so that's what led me to found Sleep Science Academy and, and up to today with our mission is you know, helping people sleep. Well, did you have trouble sleeping? No, it's funny. I, I get that question often. I'm actually an amazing sleeper. <laughs> like, sleep for me is, is like a superpower. My family used to joke and call me like narco because <laughs> I could literally sleep on an airport floor. It is a bit ironic that now I help people that really are in a bad place because they're not sleeping. But honestly, I took it for granted. I didn't realize how much of a gift sleep is. Mm -hmm. And also I had no idea the impact it has. But I'll be honest, when I started to actually measure and track my sleep, I realized that even though I was getting enough sleep and I didn't have issues of falling asleep or staying asleep, I realized that the quality of my sleep definitely could be improved. Mm-hmm. It's important to talk about both. You want to make sure that you're getting enough sleep and you want to make sure that the sleep that you're getting is refreshing, mm-hmm. restorative, deep sleep. And so that's where I personally have been experimenting and, and improving my own quality of sleep, which has yielded a lot of impact in my own life. I don't have a story of, yeah, I couldn't sleep. That's not my story. Well, I was just curious because when I was in high school, I was a night owl and I stayed up all night and I was always exhausted during school, but everyone was doing it. So I didn't think that wasn't helpful. And 
even now with the students that I work with, they all say we have so much homework, we're playing sports, and they don't get enough sleep at all. And I just find it ironic, too, that sometimes elementary schools go to school so much later and they get so much better sleep and then the high school kids they go to school really early and they don't get any sleep and the college kids they just can't even get out of bed to go to class now so <laughs> it becomes this vicious cycle but what happens to the body and mind when you don't get enough sleep yeah i mean i, I know the purpose of this is not to create anxiety for people so i, I want to preface this by obviously giving people ways of improving their sleep but every aspect of your life gets affected when you don't get enough sleep. And so let's first talk about how it impacts your health. From a health standpoint, when we sleep, that's when our bodies and minds recover. That's when the the glimpse system, which is the limb system in the brain gets activated. It removes beta amyloid, the plaque that builds up that creates Alzheimer's. That's when our, our cancer cells uh, are essentially, we all have cancer in our bodies, damaged cells. Mm-hmm. When we sleep, is when the body autophagy is happening. So our body's essentially eating those damaged cells. And so our immune system gets activated during the night. Our body repairs and recovers. Our emotions, mm-hmm. we're able to emotionally regulate um, workout traumas throughout the day. I mean, there's so many studies that show the impact on uh, sleep and emotional health. Mm-hmm. And so it really does, I mean, from just the standpoint of longevity and just being able to, have a healthy mind and body, it it literally does affect every aspect of our physical and our mental health. And then when we don't get enough sleep, it affects our relationships. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot of studies that show when you're not getting enough sleep, you actually interpret emotions not as accurately. So you're not able to emotionally regulate you. Anxiety increases, depression increases. So there's so many many avenues we can go here with it. Mm -hmm. But essentially, when you don't get enough sleep, your body and mind don't recover. And if your body and mind are not recovering, everything in your life is going to be impacted. Right. For the negative. Right. Absolutely. What are some ways we can stay asleep so that we wake up with more peace and presence? Yeah, so people that have issues staying asleep, it's called actually in sleep science, called maintenance insomnia. Mm -hmm. And so this is actually what people don't realize is even if you're not consciously aware that you're waking up, every 90 minutes, we actually transition out of sleep Mm -hmm. into stage one, which is a light sleep. And then sometimes people pop out of that and then become conscious and have a hard time going back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what keeps people up is their minds people worry in bed they start or they get on their phones and they start social media scrolling or they start looking at emails so if if you're having issues staying asleep you you definitely want to remove yourself from the bed and bedroom if you're just staring at the ceiling with your mind racing because you don't want to anchor your bed with arousal or Mm -hmm. anxiety Mm -hmm. so one of the best things people can do is called stimulus control so if you wake up in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and you find your mind's racing Remove after a set amount of time, usually it's you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, get yourself out of bed if you're not able to fall back asleep and go to some, something relaxing. Go to a, a room that is quiet and do something boring that doesn't involve technology. So that could be reading, that could be stretching, that could be meditating, that could be a puzzle. Anything that's going to, to really just allow your body to do what it's designed to do, which is get sleepy again. And once that sleepiness kind of comes back, 
then you just head right back into your bed and bedroom and allow your body to do what it knows what, how to do. Which That's is, which really is, you know, interesting. Sleep. I would never have thought of that. <laughs> I would just force myself to stay there in the bed. <laughs> like, get no, that's sleep. the wrong thing to do. Yeah, what's interesting, Mary Kay, is that a lot of the things that seem to make sense actually are the very things that keep people stuck from really getting the sleep that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And that's why well, another reason why I love solving this problem for people because there's a lot of paradox in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that you're like, okay, well, if I'm not sleeping, I should stay in bed longer. No, that's not <laughs> what you should do, right? Or if I'm not sleeping, then I should try to force myself to sleep or try to will myself to sleep. No, do not do that. It's impossible. <laughs> so so there's a lot of subtleties here that, that keep people stuck. But ultimately, it's important for everyone to understand sleep. It's a natural biological process that happens when we allow it to happen, just like your heart beats, just like your lungs breathe. That's exactly what sleep is. Oftentimes people get all worked up and they get really stressed about, I need to fix this and I need to do all these things in order to sleep. And that actually creates more anxiety and stress around sleep, which Mm -hmm. then pushes sleep further away. Do you think it's a good idea before you go to sleep to meditate or have some sort of ritual that makes it easier or maybe head to bed earlier? Is there any kind of strategy to get in the right frame of mind to go to sleep for someone that's obviously has trouble? Yeah. So I recommend that everyone has what I call a bed buffer. Mm -hmm. And what a bed buffer is, it's it's the time between your day and your night. Because often what happens is we take our days into our nights Mm -hmm. and there's not a clear break. So making sure that you transition from your day to your night is really important. And so what that could look like is turning off half the lights in your house as the sun starts to set. That could look like taking a a hot shower. That could look like doing something away from technology. That Mm -hmm. This is not the time when you want to work, when you want to do stress-inducing activities, have stressful conversations with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your husband Mm -hmm. or wife. Mm -hmm. This is the time where you want to just start to allow the body to create space. Mm -hmm. Meditation is great depending on the type of meditation, because sometimes meditation can give us energy mm-hmm. and that's not what we want. So depending on the style of meditation, but meditation can be very useful. I, I find that it's most useful for our clients to practice it in the morning, actually mm-hmm. set themselves up for a stress-free day. But sometimes people do find value in meditation, mindfulness practices before bed. Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on the individual, depends on the you know, the person and their lifestyle and their goals and kind of what's going on with them. Right, right. So is snoring bad? And if you sleep with a snorer, what do you do? Whack them with the pillow? <laughs> you just tape their mouth shut. It's really simple. <laughs> Jokes aside, that actually is a, a way to help people stop snoring. It's no, really I know. Tough. I know. Yeah, mouth taping. So, so yeah, snoring it usually can be a sign of sleep apnea, mm-hmm. which isn't, it was, it wasn't something which is that people have stopped breathing events. So the tongue slides back and locks the airway. And then you stop breathing for a set period of time, which isn't good. So snoring isn't ideal. Mm-hmm. And if you're snoring or if your partner's snoring, there's definitely something to explore there. Oftentimes it can be weight related. Mm-hmm. It can be allergies or congestion. Maybe your head is not positioned correctly on the, the pillow, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of reasons why people snore. Or maybe you just train yourself to be a mouth breather instead of a nose breather. So you mean the opposite, a, right? Or um, is it- no, no, people, people naturally want to be a nose breather, but people 
for, for whatever reason, because and there's actually really interesting research on this around the structure of our faces <clears throat> as we go through evolution, that we become mouth breathers. But you really want to breathe through your nose. You don't want to breathe through your mouth. Right, you're right. Sleeping. Yes. Uh, no, the book br- Breath is really helpful to understand this, the, the way the face is structured and how keeping the mouth closed makes a huge difference in sleep. Yes. Yeah, James Nestor's book. I haven't yes. read it. It's, oh, you have to read it. it. It's really helpful for your work. I really loved it. Great. I'll pick. I have it on my shelf here. Right, because it explains why the structure of our faces has changed, and our faces have gotten smaller, obviously, from the caveman days and evolution. So this has caused the mouth to shrink, the nose to shrink, and that physically has made it harder to breathe. And that is a contributing factor to anxiety, too, because breathing is what helps eliminate worry and anxiety, obviously. So it is connected to sleep as well. And even sleep helps the brain, like you mentioned, helps it release these worrying thoughts. I mean, it's the same concept as meditation because the body is able to, through dreams, release that. And but we just have so many more stressors today that it makes it hard to eliminate it all just through sleep. So that's why meditation is helpful. But I just was curious if, if it's helpful before bed. And, and obviously scrolling through social media would probably be the worst thing for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And for two reasons. One, it creates hyperarousal in the brain. And the comparison sort of game and and just looking at everyone else's life Mm -hmm. and then you have the blue light from the devices also which isn't really ideal that can stop the production of melatonin which is the sleep hormone which is we don't want to do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) right what's the most important advice you ever got just because you help people with coaching in other areas what's the most important advice you've received over the years Oh man, that's a challenging question because I've gotten a lot of advice from a lot Uh of different people. I would say practice just being with your moments. Mm -hmm. So I I think that, yeah, being present Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, if we're not present, we're on this next thing, the next, what's the next thing? And it's never enough. Right. That's a really good point because I find today people have their to-do list and checking it off, got that done, got that done. And it's all achievement oriented and that's really hard to enjoy the moment when you're always thinking about, I got to get this done, got to get this done. Yeah. No, kind of went on a tangent, but I just was curious. <laughs> so what is one of the important takeaways that you've learned from someone who was having a hard time getting sleep or waking up a lot? And what was it that was really the one thing that helped change their sleep patterns? Were they... What? Yeah, I can tell you what has changed to the hundreds of people that we've worked with mm-hmm. that have tried everything and still can't sleep, the medication, the supplements. The one thing that really helps all of them is the practice of acceptance mm-hmm. and really understanding how to embody acceptance. Because what happens and people don't realize is people try to force or control something, and in this case it's sleep, that you can't force and control and trying to force or control it actually makes it worse. So when people actually get to a place of just accepting whatever the night brings, whether it's a great night of sleep or a poor night of sleep, and they can start to change the meaning Mm -hmm. around sleep or their relationship to sleep, 
which is something that we help people do, that's when they notice the biggest shifts in their sleep, the, the amount and the quality of their sleep. Right. It's like taking the pressure off. That's right. That's exactly what it is. And it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's, it, it can be very challenging for people because we're not really trained to let go. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we're in resistance to what is, especially mm-hmm. when it's painful. So when you can learn to just be with what is, whether it's what you like or, or, or not, that actually creates space. And within that space, there's uh, relaxation mm-hmm. and when the body's relaxed, then it's able to fall asleep. Right. My son works in investment banking and those hours are absurd. And these employees operate on four hours of sleep. And it just seems counterproductive. And yet, because it happens every year to the new incoming associates, this is something that's been ongoing. And recently, there have been several Wall Street Journal articles about these companies trying to rise up and complain about the work culture. What do you say to CEOs and entrepreneurs if they're working on their sleep? I mean, do they encourage employees or, or what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one, one it, it comes from the top down. And we do live in a culture that doesn't see value in sleeps. So you hear, you snooze, you lose. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Sleep <laughs> for the week. There's all this uh, social conditioning and programming around sleep as being a weak habit of low performers when mm-hmm. actually it's the single most important thing you can do for your brain and, and body and performance. Mm-hmm. And so there is culture shifts happening slowly, but really it is, is top down. So when somebody understands and actually can experience when they improve their sleep and they actually are able to start to prioritize and protect it mm-hmm. and they have that experience themselves, then naturally they're going to want it to, to trickle down to their employees because they realize, wow, I'm getting more done. I'm more focused, present, happy. I'm experiencing more peace, more power. And then they, of course, they want that for their culture. So it is often that I'll work with somebody that is in this type of position or role that has employees that then, if they're not already, really start to change their culture and and help their culture understand the importance of sleep. Mm -hmm. Do you know how sleep affects cortisol levels? Yeah, it does, massively. So Mm -hmm. what can happen is when you're not sleeping enough, your cortisol levels get dysregulated. So cortisol is highest in the morning. And we know cortisol is the stress hormone, right? Mm -hmm. So it's highest in the morning and it's supposed to go through these rhythms throughout the day. And what can happen is those rhythms get disrupted when you're not Mm -hmm. sleeping enough. So the cortisol stays high. And and oftentimes people will come to us and they say, well, I feel tired, but I'm wired. And that's because their body is in a state of fight or flight. And when the body's in a state of fight or flight, adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, all of these survival hormones, if you will, mm-hmm. are high. And that's what actually then ends up disturbing their sleep. So cortisol, it affects your insulin. I mean, it's a really an important hormone that you want to be regulated. And it's not all bad. We need cortisol. It helps us wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And often people do the, the, the wrong thing by drinking a cup of coffee first thing in the morning, which then it's like, really? Why is that bad? Yeah, because your cortisol is highest in the morning and caffeine, it's like an analogy I like to give is it's like dumping gasoline on a fire. You don't want to do that first thing in the morning. So if you wait a few hours to have your cup of coffee, 
still have it in the morning, but just a few hours, not as soon as you wake up, that actually would be better because caffeine is going to activate. It's a stimulant that's going to activate your stress. So it's going to increase the cortisol even, which is not what really what we want first thing in the morning. Your body naturally does that for you. Do you drink caffeine? I mean, coffee? Yeah, actually, I had, a, I had a cup of coffee this morning. I don't okay. do it every day. And when I do have it, I put I put mushrooms in it. Really? Um, yeah, because what mushrooms do is they help buffer the caffeine. So it's not so stressful on the adrenal glands. And it actually also reduces the acidity of coffee, believe it or not. So, oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, and it doesn't change the taste too much. And mushrooms are extremely health-promoting. So reishi, mm -hmm. chaga, cordyceps, those are the mushrooms that I usually just put a you know, a teaspoon of my coffee and blend it up. Well, it's interesting that you said they're tired but wired. Sometimes I think people would associate being wired as a good thing, you know, because I have energy, but it is an exhausting feeling. So I just think when I see the younger kids and, and even adults that always tell me I, I never get enough sleep, I'm always waking up a million times in the night. So it's really hard to advise people when just go to sleep is something that's hard to really act on. So get making that time, I think, is really good advice before you even go to bed to unplug. And would you recommend even putting the phones and everything in another room or? Yeah, I, I share, there's a, it's called a three, two, one sleep. Three, two, one sleep. So three hours before bed, you, you stop eating. Ideally, but three, at least three hours. And oh, the reason really? for that. Yeah, it's because the deep delta sleep, the restorative sleep happens in the first quarter of the night. Mm -hmm. And that's when your body's clear, cleaning out all these cancerous cells. That's when your body's hormones are getting regulated. And you don't want your body digesting food during that time. The energy should be going towards cleaning up the garbage in your body, mm -hmm. not to your stomach. So three hours before bed, stop eating. So, you know, that's number you know number three mm -hmm. then two two hours before bed no work so do not bring you know work into your evenings mm -hmm. a lot of people do that especially working from home and then one hour before bed that's when you start your bedtime routine or your bedtime ritual which would be ideally something that doesn't involve technology although it can sometimes but it's your wind down routine so i'll share with you an example this is what i do so i'll take a hot shower and the reason a hot shower is because when you get out of a hot shower, your body temperature drops and we need our body temperature to drop two to three degrees Fahrenheit to induce sleep. And then I'll have, I'll make a cup of tea. And usually it's something that's, it's herbal. So there's not caffeine in it. And I'll read and I'll mm -hmm. read under a uh, red and that's my routine. I mean, that's not every night. Like last night I actually watched a Netflix show. So, and I ate cookies. And, uh, <laughs> and I danced around to, to Christmas music. You don't want to become like a militant about your routines, right. but having a consistent routine, something consistently to, to prepare your body for sleep that doesn't involve technology or food or wine mm -hmm. or any mm -hmm. of these things is very beneficial over time. Yes. Yeah, some people think, oh, wine will help me go to sleep. And to me, that's counterintuitive, but <laughs> counterproductive. But I agree. Well, yeah. It helps you. It does help. It helps sleepiness, but it disturbs sleep. So it's relaxant. So mm -hmm. essentially, a lot of times people that we help, sometimes they even become alcoholics because they start to use alcohol as a relaxant 
and then it becomes habit forming for them. And it, alcohol dehydrates. It really is poison. If it's just at, for the body, it truly mm-hmm. is. Not that I, I had a glass of wine last night, so I still consume it. Right. But it, it actually it dehydrates you, and and it disturbs your sleep. It, so essentially, what it will do is you might be able to fall asleep, but mm-hmm. then you'll end up waking up because your body's dehydrated, and it also activates. Eventually, what happens is it does create more stress on your body. Mm -hmm. And so that's not what you want. So uh, there are a lot of young moms that listen to this podcast who are raising young kids and doing it all and maybe even working part-time or full-time. And that is draining when you're getting up multiple times in the night with different kids for different issues. And then you've got to be on the next day and function and be high alert. Obviously, you're taking care of these young children and maybe even juggling the jobs. So how can they get good sleep when you can't ignore the kid or the dog that has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? Yeah. So for someone that's in that position, the first thing they want to do is actually accept that that's, they're going to have a challenge. Mm-hmm. So when you have kids or when you have a puppy that you have to get up and, and take out to the restroom or whatever it is, mm-hmm. those are challenging times and those times eventually pass. And so the trick is not to get stressed about your sleep because mm-hmm. this is where people get stuck. We often help moms that they have insomnia because they were getting up to breastfeed mm-hmm. and then their baby eventually got on a schedule. But then since their body was so used to getting up at that time, to breastfeed, then now they have insomnia. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that happens is because the body starts to get into a pattern, but more importantly, they get worried about it. They're like, Oh my God, I'm not sleeping and, and being affected and all these other things are being affected, which, which is true. Uh, But that also is what creates this paradox of people being in a more stressed state. So if you're in a situation where you have young kids, where you have a puppy, where it's a stressful time in your life, just Mm -hmm. know that that's going to pass. Eventually, your kids are going to get older. Your baby's going to learn how to sleep. Your puppy's going to be able to hold its its bladder for (laughs) for more than two hours. Uh It's just part of life. Mm -hmm. So I think that that... don't be in resistance to what your situation is Mm -hmm. and just know that that situation is going to pass. That's going to create the greatest opportunity for your body then to, when you do wake up to serve your baby or your puppy or whatever it is, you don't get stressed about it. Mm -hmm. And that's really an important point to, for people to understand. Right. It's, it's taking the pressure off again of this whole sleep cycle Is there an ideal way to sleep? Should you be sleeping on your back, your belly, your side? It's there. Yeah, depending on who you ask, you're going to get different answers. So Mm -hmm. for me, back and side would be better than belly and just because of the Mm -hmm. spinal health. But also the surface that you're sleeping on makes a big difference. So making sure that you have a a mattress that's supportive, that keeps your spine in alignment and Mm -hmm. a good pillow that creates proper spinal alignment is important. If you're somebody who snores, being on your back probably isn't going to be the best position. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the best position is the one that you're you're comfortable in and allows you to sleep. But ideally, that isn't on your stomach, just because of spinal health reasons that Mm -hmm. I mentioned. Right. 
before I go to sleep, I have this second wind where I get really creative. (laughs) And so I'll be like, I have to write it down. I have to start working now. So do some people have a clock, which is just more late night? And can you change that concept so that you start working more in the day? Because I always have thought I get my best ideas at night. So it could be because I'm talk myself into that. But what do you think about that? Well, there's something called chronobiology. So Uh we all have this unique chronotype. And some people are night owls, and some people are morning larks, and some people are somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. And so you want to honor that as much as you can. There is a natural sort of cycle that genetically you're programmed with. And you can, there are some things you can do to support if, if you're a night person and you want to start to be more of a morning person, there are things that you can do, but really that's your nature. Mm-hmm. So if you can honor honor it, and if you're going to bed later, hopefully you're, you're not getting up super early, right? right? Then that's the best, the best thing you can do is just honor your natural cycles. Mm-hmm. And there's a great book, his name's Dr. Michael Bruce, called The Power of When, and he really talks about the different chronotypes and how you can sort of optimize your chronobiology, so to speak, to honor your genetics, your Mm -hmm. sleep genetics, essentially. Because I would try to get up early to write my books, and I just found that I had so many interruptions. It was more effective for me later in the afternoon than I would get on this roll. And so anyway, (laughs) I was just curious about that because I just assumed – that I was just a night owl and I had to accept it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you are. I mean, that's okay. There's a lot of creative types that they get their best ideas to writers that are night owls. And when it's quiet and it's dark and it's like the first time that things settle and there's less energy maybe in their mm. environment, which so creates true. more space. And if you're, if you're someone that is a night owl, you can honor that, but just make sure that you're getting enough sleep. So mm-hmm. if you're staying up till 12, getting between seven to eight hours is is the ideal sort of number for adults. So you make sure that you're getting enough sleep so that you can restore yourself. So if you don't get eight hours sleep, should you take a nap that day? Or do you just try the next day to get that? If you don't, if you don't have insomnia, naps are fantastic. If you do, then not so good. So yeah, so napping, napping is amazing. Yeah, Uh, I love napping. (laughs) Me too. Some people can't nap. So Like you, I can sleep anywhere. It's just that my clock gets revved at night and I'd like to switch it, but (laughs) anyway. Yeah, sometimes just honoring, uh, not trying to change (laughs) the pattern is the best thing I've found for people. When do you go to bed? I'm in bed by about 10.15 and asleep by 10.30. Wow, that's a pretty fast knockout time. (laughs) Yeah, ideally, the time that you're in bed to the time that you're asleep, you want it to be less than 20 minutes. Yeah. If you're in bed for like hour, an hour or hours, and Uh you're having a hard time falling asleep, then that's not really ideal. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people, actually. So. Yeah, and if it's affecting your daytime activities, that would be considered insomnia, essentially, Mm -hmm. onset insomnia. Well, you're working with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs like to start a company. Those are the sleepless nights. You're in the office all the time. It is hard to create and brainstorm. So what do they do? Do they just say, well, I've got to start this company and this is what it takes? Or 
can you really get them to make more time to sleep? Well, the people that we work with are ones that already have insomnia and it's affecting their life, mm-hmm. either their business, their relationship or their health. So if it's not painful for people, mm-hmm. usually they, they, they people pay attention when there's pain. And so that's who we work with in our academy. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, doing workshops and presentations and things in there for these types of, of individuals, mm-hmm. it's really challenging them to understand that by doing that, they're actually sacrificing a lot mm-hmm. more than they realize. Mm-hmm. And helping them to experiment with actually protecting and prioritizing that time mm-hmm. and then see what a difference that makes in their actual output during the day. So something's not real until it becomes your experience. So I always challenge people just to experiment with it. Mm -hmm. So experiment with the week of not sacrificing your sleep and just see how much more creative and energized you are and how much more you get done as a result of that. No, that's great advice. Well, I really appreciate your time and talking to us about this really important issue, sleep. So can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and read your books? Sure. Yeah. So on social media, I'm Devin Burke Wellness on Instagram and LinkedIn and YouTube. And then the book, The Sleep Advantage, you can find on Amazon, audio version or the paperback. Mm-hmm. And then for those individuals that actually have real issues with their sleep, sleepscienceacademy.com, that's, that's the website. And that's where we help support people that have insomnia. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Devin. I really appreciate your time and can't wait to have our listeners read your book and get in touch. Thanks, Mary Kay. You're welcome, Devin. Now we'll start a short meditation. Try to find a comfortable place, either seated or lying on your back. And just start by bringing your attention to different parts of your body, as well as the space around these parts of your body. Take a deep breath in, inhaling for a five count. One, two, three, four, five. Now exhale for six, five, four, three, two, one. Become aware of the space way out behind your eyes, the back of the throat, back of the head, and beyond your head in space. Just imagine you're going out into the universe. It's pitch black, maybe stars sparkling. Bring your awareness back to your throat around your neck chest, shoulders, your navel, around your hips. Imagine there's just this endless black void of the universe. Just become aware of this vast space and extend your energy and awareness of this space. Inhale for five. Exhale for six. And just now take your attention off of your body and environment so that you're not thinking 
of anything. Nothing, nowhere. You're just pure consciousness, letting the awareness of this black, endless space exist. Think about the potential that exists in you since the energy of your future potential. Imagine who you want to be. You are this person now. Anything you can imagine can be created. You are that person. When you match this vibrational energy to your potential, you're going to make anything happen. You might need to do this meditation several times, but imagining your potential energy can create your future. Remember to maintain those elevated emotions of joy, gratitude, happiness, calm, confident, relaxed energy. Maintaining these elevated emotions will let your body feel the future, feel that potential future. Anxiety holds you back from your potential. So we need to release those negative thoughts, sadness, anger, worry, envy. Those just prolong our ability to become this magnificent person. Just surrender rather than putting pressure to become someone super successful and famous. Just take all the pressure off. Imagine being and just embrace that energetic field. Allow the energetic field of your being to expand to that infinite black darkness. If it's hard to imagine these elevated emotions and create that feeling of joy in you, tap into the feeling maybe you had as a child when you didn't feel any pressure and anxiety or maybe when you were able to dominate in a game or on the field or in an, in an academic setting. Everyone has felt joy at some point and you can reach into that time remember it embrace it make it a part of your everyday being bless your life bless your beautiful body bless your amazing intricate soul and my favorite saying bless your heart
Inhale for five. Exhale for six. Relax your arms, your legs, feet, palms. And then slowly bring your awareness back into the room. Open your eyes and believe your future has already happened. Be sure to subscribe to Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast, and I hope you'll join us again soon. Namaste.